Jesus is not saying when he talks about confessing Christ, you know, if there was ever a time in your life when you said that you believed in me, then everything's fine with you forever. That is certainly not what he's saying. He is saying, if you continue to confess me, I will confess you before the Father in heaven. In other words, Jesus Christ calls us, his disciples, to a life of confession. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick, and today, Colin, we're looking at Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. It's a magnificent promise that Christ would acknowledge us as being his own in the presence of the Father. I mean, this is a marvelous promise. And the promise is given to those who confess him, those who acknowledge him. So that leads to a really important question. Am I confessing Jesus Christ? So it's a great question for every person listening to the program. Do you confess Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord? Don't mean did you do that once at some point years ago? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord, your Savior, your friend, your Master, your Redeemer today? Is he that to you? In that case, there is this great promise that can be yours. And uh, if it's not the case right now at the beginning of the program, I hope it will be the case that you confess Jesus Christ before the end of the program today. I hope you'll be able to keep listening and that you'll open your Bible if you can and join us in Matthew chapter 10. As we begin the message, Jesus will confess you before the Father. Here's Colin. Now, if you were to list the greatest days of your life, you would probably have a few to choose from. You might include a graduation, some might include a a wedding day, if that has been your experience, a day a child was born, a day a child graduated, the day a child got married, day you retired. I mean, a range of great days that would be marvelous moments in your life. But Jesus speaks here about a day that will come in your experience so momentous that it will outshine any other day of your life. One day you will stand in the presence of God and you will know yourself to be there then as much as you know yourself to be here now. And on that day when you stand in the presence of God, you will see Jesus Christ. You've heard about him all your life. We worship him as we gather, but you will see Jesus Christ. And more than that, you will hear him speak. And more than that, he will speak about you. And he tells us very clearly that he will say one of two things about you, one of two things about me, one of two things about every person who has ever lived. Either he will confess you or he will disown you. That is what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32. To confess you would mean that Jesus would say to the Father, this is Colin, This is Greg. You put your name in there. They belong to me. He belongs to me. She belongs to me. To disown you would mean that Jesus Christ would say to the Father, this is, put your name in there, he is nothing to do with me or she is nothing to do with me. But Jesus says, now every person is going to hear me say one of these two things. Jesus Christ will say one of these two things about you. Now, here's what's important. Jesus makes it very clear that what he says about us then 
is intimately tied to what we say about him now. Look at what he says. Whoever acknowledges me before men, that's what we say about Jesus now. I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. That's what he will say about you then. But whoever disowns me before men, that's what some folks are saying about Jesus now. They are disowning him. Well, Jesus says, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Now, by any standards, these are words of our Lord Jesus Christ of supreme importance to every one of us. And as I've reflected on them this week, there have been many questions in in my mind. One has been, well, what exactly is Jesus saying here? What does this mean? What does it mean to confess him? What does it mean to disown him? Is that something that I might have done or that any of us may have done in the past? And if so, where do we stand? Then what would it actually look like for us to confess Christ in our lives? What does this look like in real terms in our experience? And how are we going to go about doing it? Well, these are the questions that are before us. And again, I hope that you have the Bible open in front of you at Matthew in chapter 10. Let's begin with what it means. What is Jesus saying here? And I want to ask three questions and then point out two things that to me at least were a surprise. Here's the first question, trying to get at what it means. What does it mean to confess Christ? What does that mean? Well, the word that's used here, confess, in in the Greek, it is homologio, which tells you what it means, homologio, one word. To confess Jesus is to be of one word with Jesus Christ. In other words, you say what he says. His word has become authoritative for you in your life. You're not saying, well, you know, Jesus says this, but of course I've got an alternative opinion. No, you are of one word with Jesus Christ. What he says is truth for you. When he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, you're saying he is my way, he is my truth, and he is my life. By the way, in in this culture of ambivalence in which we live, in which it really is much more comfortable for us to describe ourselves as, you know, seekers on a journey and so forth. That's fine if you're looking at the claims of Jesus Christ. He invites you to do that. But I have to say to you today that if you want Jesus to confess you on the last day, you cannot remain ambivalent about him forever. There has to come a moment in your life where you cross the line from being a seeker with a kind of open-mindedness about the whole thing to being a confessor, to say, I am of one word with Jesus Christ, and I place myself under his authority. Now, I invite you to take that step even today. There would be no better day to do that. What does it mean to confess Christ to be of one word with him? What does it mean, secondly, to disown Christ? When Jesus says, whoever disowns me before men. Now, some of us, I think, may be saying, what? Now, you know, I remember a time when I said in anger, I said to God, I'm done with you. Or perhaps you said something absolutely blasphemous. Perhaps you made a commitment, a pledge in your life in the past that was the very opposite of faith in Jesus Christ. And you say, well, I I certainly have disowned him. So where do I stand? Well, now, remember that Peter disowned Jesus. He did it three times. And then afterwards, he went out and he wept bitterly. He was very sorry about what he had done. After the day of the resurrection, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to Peter. 
And uh, you remember, Jesus did not say to Peter, well, now, Peter, I'm sorry, but you've disowned me, and therefore you're done, my friend. I am now disowning you. That's not what Jesus said. At the end of John's gospel, Jesus forgives Peter and restores him to fellowship with Christ, and more than that, to ministry for Christ. So in the light of this, we can be very sure that Jesus is not saying here, you know, if you have ever disowned me, then you're done, you're gone forever. He's not saying that. What he's clearly saying is, if you continue to disown me, apart from me, you live your life apart from me, then I will disown you on the last day. Now, that is very important Because if that is how we are to understand the second part of the verse, it follows that it must be the way in which we understand the first part of the verse. In other words, Jesus is not saying when he talks about confessing Christ, you know, if there was ever a time in your life when you said that you believed in me, then everything's fine with you forever. That is certainly not what he's saying. He is saying, if you continue to confess me, I will confess you before the Father in heaven. In other words, Jesus Christ calls us, his disciples, to a life of confession. The life that he calls us to when he says, follow me, is a life in which we are to seize every opportunity to confess Jesus Christ. That is the life to which we are called. And he calls us to it right here. Now, one more question as we're trying to get to the heart of what Jesus means How is our confession of Christ connected to his confession of us? Jesus brings these two things together. Whoever confesses me, I will confess him. Now, how are these two things connected together? If you read this verse in isolation, it could sound like salvation by works, couldn't it? You know, if you do this for me, Jesus says, I will do this for you. That would be salvation by works. And of course, that is not the gospel. So let's remember this as we understand the words of Jesus correctly. We are saved by the blood of Christ, not by an act of confession. That is very important because otherwise, if you get this confused, you'll spend the rest of your life thinking, am I confessing enough? Is my confession consistent? And so forth and so on. We are saved by the blood of Christ, not by an act of confession. There is no redeeming power in confessing Christ. The redeeming power lies in the Christ who is confessed. The importance of confession then is this. Christ becomes ours by faith and confession is an evidence of our faith in this Christ who saves us. So very important to have this distinction clear. And this is why how we should understand Romans 10 and verse 9 when uh, Paul says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Remember that redeeming power lies in the Christ who is confessed, not in the act of confessing itself. It's him who saves us. That's important to keep clear. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Jesus will confess you before the Father. And I hope you'll be able to stay with us for the rest of the program. Remember, if you ever miss any of our broadcasts or if you want to go back and listen again, you can always do that by going online to openthebible.org.uk. There you can hear any of the previous messages or download them for free as an MP3. We'll get back to the message now. Here's Colin. Now, 
as we thought a little about what Jesus means, what it means to confess, what it means to disown, and how our confession of Jesus and his confession of us are connected together, let me just identify two things that at least to me were surprising about these words of Jesus. The first surprise to me was this, that Jesus is not speaking to unbelievers here, but to disciples. If you look back to chapter 10 and verse 1, you'll see it's very clear throughout this whole chapter, Jesus is speaking to the apostles. He is speaking to those who have made a commitment to follow him already. So if you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are truly a Christian, this statement of the Lord Jesus is especially for you. It is for me. See, when we read about confessing Jesus, we immediately think, oh, this must be evangelism, you know, calling people who are unconverted to make a decision and to confess Christ. Well, surely there's an application in that regard. But Jesus is not speaking to the unbelieving world here. He is speaking to disciples. And he's speaking to them at the very moment when he's sending them out on a mission trip. And he's telling us, therefore, what he is calling us to do as those who are committed to follow him. And the second thing that was really a surprise to me uh, looking at this is that when you read the chapter, and we've read a large part of it already today, you discover that Jesus is not talking about something easy, but he is talking about something hard. You see, you read this verse, Whoever acknowledges me. So you say, oh, this sounds pretty easy. That's what I have to do? Oh, I just have to acknowledge Jesus? Oh, right, okay. I have to say that he's the Savior. I have to say that he's, I believe in him. Nothing very difficult about that. So you read this verse and you might be tempted to think, oh, this is the easiest thing in the world. But in actual fact, we're going to see today that it's the opposite. It's the very hardest. Look with me at the context. Verse 16. See what Jesus is saying. He says to his disciples, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. What chance do sheep have among wolves? Verse 17. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. Verse 18, this is all what's going to happen on the mission trip. On my account, you will be uh, brought before governors and kings. Verse 19, when they arrest you. Verse 21, brother will betray brother to death. Children will have parents put to death. Verse 22, all men will hate you because of me. Verse 23, when you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Not if you are persecuted, when you are persecuted. Verse 28, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and cannot kill the soul. So Jesus is describing what lies ahead of them in the mission that he's sending them out to. Not just at this moment, but in in the mission that lies ahead of these disciples through their life. And he then says to them, verse 32, whoever acknowledges me before men... I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. Now you see, suddenly when you you see where Jesus says this and to whom he says it and the context, you realize that this confessing of Jesus is obviously going to be the most demanding, challenging thing in all of these men's lives. It's going to be done in courts. It's going to be done on pain of floggings. It's going to be done in the most desperate and violent of situations. 
Now, folks, as we try and apply the scripture to us today, we have to understand that what Jesus is speaking about here is not some light, easy, hey, I'm a Christian. He's describing something that will be the most demanding, challenging thing in your entire life. And the question, therefore, that is on my mind as I've tried to meditate about these scriptures is simply this. What does it mean for us to confess Christ in America? See, you know from history that since Jesus spoke these words, there have been a long line of faithful men and women who have been tortured for their faith, have laid down their lives, and never more than in our lifetime. And there are some here who have suffered significantly for your profession of faith in Christ. There are some among us here in our congregation, you have been disowned by your family because of your faith in Jesus. There are some who have been cut out of an inheritance, cut out of a will, because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are others among us who have suffered in other particular ways. But not most of us. I have never been beaten up for my faith in Christ. I have never been imprisoned, far less tortured. I've experienced hatred, but never beyond words. So what does it mean for me to confess the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, let's not think that when we say, oh, I'm a Christian in this environment where we are so protected, that that somehow aligns itself with the costliness of what Jesus is describing here and the costliness of what our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ are experiencing right now in other places in the world. So you see my question. What does it mean for us to confess Jesus Christ in America, given that this confession that Jesus describes is clearly for disciples the hardest thing they will ever do in their lives, the most challenging thing you will ever face? And I want to answer that question by suggesting to you seven ways in which we can confess Jesus Christ. Seven ways in which we can confess the Lord Jesus Christ. And I commend these to you. They relate to particular situations in which some of us find ourselves right now. And they give us the opportunity to do what Jesus is saying right here. Now the first one really is the easiest. Perhaps they're in ascending order of difficulty. You can confess the lordship of Jesus Christ in baptism. Just very briefly on this, Christian faith involves a clear-cut drawing of the line in the sand. You move from being a seeker to being a confessor. You take your stand with Jesus. You become one word with him. And that is not a private matter. It is in the New Testament a public matter. And that is the significance of baptism. That's why we have a dedication for children, because they can't confess 
Jesus as Lord right now. We have a dedication and prayer and teaching for them in anticipation of the day when they will. And that will happen in baptism. Have you been baptized as a believer? And if not, why not? Second, you can confess the glory of Christ in costly obedience. Now, I want to encourage us as a congregation this morning, because in all of these ways of confession, I have to tell you my own heart is moved and my own faith is greatly strengthened by seeing examples of this happening among us in this very congregation. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man finds it, he hides it again, and then with joy, he sells everything he has in order to buy the field. In other words, Jesus says, when you see something of supreme value, you go after it irrespective of cost. And I see that happening in costly obedience widely among us as a congregation. Some of us are stretching ourselves out in serving Jesus Christ as never before. Some of us are stretching ourselves out in giving to Jesus Christ as never before. Costly acts are proclaiming, confessing the glory of Jesus Christ. I love the story in the Gospels of Mary who had this um, flask of perfume. And it was very valuable, so valuable that it had become a family heirloom passed down perhaps through the generations. And so here's this nest egg. And Mary, seeing Christ just before the crucifixion, she takes it and she breaks it over the feet of Jesus. Jesus says she has done something beautiful. In this act of costly obedience, she has confessed the glory of Christ. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Jesus will confess you before the Father. And we'll continue next time to look at seven ways we can confess Christ. And if you ever miss one of our messages, you can always catch up or go back and listen again by going to our website, that's openthebible.org. Also on the Open the Bible website, you'll find Open the Bible Daily. These are a series of short two to three minute reflections written by Pastor Colin and read by Sue McLeish. There's a new one on the website every day. You can find Open the Bible on all the major social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. If you use any of these sites, we'd love it if you would follow us. We're easy to find. Our username is the same on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. It's at UK Open the Bible. On YouTube, it's at Open the Bible UK. Or you can always simply go to the Open the Bible website. That's openthebible.org.uk. Go to the bottom of the homepage and click on your preferred social media symbol. Once you've found us on social media, please follow us or subscribe to our channel. And when you see one of our postings, please like it. Or better still, retweet or resend it with your thoughts and comments. That way we get seen by all your followers and they have the opportunity to follow us too. Let's grow the Open the Bible community.
Open the Bible is supported by our listeners. That means that we're only able to stay on this station and on the internet because of the generosity of our listeners, and we want to thank you for that. This month, if you're able to set up a new donation in support of Open the Bible of £5 per month or more, we'd love to send you a free gift. This month, the free gift is a CD set of Listener Favourites 2023. These are the messages we've been featuring every day this month. You can find details of this offer and how to give online at openthebible.org.uk. For Open the Bible and for Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I hope you'll be able to join us again soon. Confessing Jesus will be the most challenging thing you can face in life. What does it mean to confess Jesus in our modern culture? Find out next time on Open the Bible.